Episode two of Cardinal Country, a podcast by Big Rapids Cardinals for Big Rapids Cardinals with the inside scoop on the Big Rapids Cardinals. This podcast is brought to you by Johnson's Automotive, serving our community with honesty and integrity in Michigan primary care partners, Alter Care of Big Rapids, Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids, and Big Rapids Public Schools. We have a special guest today, Justin Curry. Thanks for having me. Justin is a Big Rapids High School alumni, a uh, former Western Michigan Bronco, and currently a linebacker with the Seattle Seahawks. Is that correct? That is correct. Tell us about, well, here, football is upon us, almost. You are leaving very soon here to fly out to where? Why? What are you doing? Seattle. So I fly out tomorrow. Just had a month off, so we had our spring OTAs, which is from about... Mid-April to mid-June, and we get about a month off, and then you get back at it, and as soon as we get in there, it's friggin' go. We, I mean, we have like 11 days before our first preseason game. Uh, yeah, that's pretty quick. Yeah, it's a pretty quick turnaround. So you got to be, you know, training pretty hard this month off, and they expect you to be ready to go as soon as you get back. So you have a month like what, in the beginning of the summer, where they you they just destroy you for the whole month? Or something? Yeah, pretty say? much. I mean, so it's all in phases. Um, so there's phase one, phase two, phase three. So when I get there in uh, April for our, all our spring OTA stuff, the first two weeks is literally you get to work out, run, have one hour meeting with the coach. Then that next phase, you do the same thing, but then you're on the field doing drill work with your coaches. And then phase three, which is what everybody calls OTAs, you do all that, and then you get to practice against your own team. And that's for, I would say, about a month of that whole spring stuff. And you're starting to feel a little bit towards the end, so then you get this month off where you kind of refresh the mind and, I mean, stay staying in shape, but kind of get a little bit of downtime. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel going into this season? How's your body feel mentally? Where are you at? And maybe touch on... Some of the things that you've done, maybe that you feel like have made you better, uh, whether it be mental training or physical training. Um, honestly, like mentally, this month for me going into going into the season is be around friends and family, be home, and kind of get my way my uh, mind away from ball a little bit because once you're in it, it's almost twelve hours out of the day where you're just thinking about football. So uh, the biggest thing is kind of actually doing nothing. In a sense, um, <laughs> <laughs> mentally, when it comes to with football, yeah. At least for me, I know some guys are a little bit different where they'll just constantly watch. But I mean, for me, everybody's different, and for me, it's be around friends and family. Um, and but when it comes to the physical side of it, I love training. So um, I usually do a two a day during this time of the year to to get myself ready because honestly, there's no way to get into football shape and mm-hmm. unless you're playing it. Yeah. Um, so I try to mimic that high intensity as much as I as I can, 
Um, but like I said, it's kind of tough until you actually are running around cut and then kind of in that, that setting. Yeah. Like no matter what, after a game, you're sore. Right? Yeah. No yeah. There's no do. getting around that. But yeah, usually at noon, uh, I do a lot of CrossFit. I know it's kind of a, a trendy thing and some people might look at it a little bit different than others. But for me, it's a high intensity workout mentally and physically where um, I'm competing. So that's what I really enjoy about it. And then usually at night, I'll go up to the Big Rapids High School um, and do my strength programming and conditioning. Well, in, in any professional athlete's line of work, though, CrossFit, I can see that translating incredibly well. A lot about what, like the explosion, high intensity. High intensity. Yep. Yeah, I yep. mean, like that, that's all stuff that's got to prepare you for what they're about to throw you into, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's it's a lot of the movements is full body. And like you said, it's high intensity, a lot of reps, and you're trying to go as fast as you can. So it does mimic it in a sense. And actually, this past winter after the season, I fully just did CrossFit the whole time. And when I went back for the spring in April, like I felt like I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. And I didn't even do much running this whole time in the winter, I should say. I've done a lot more running now. But – in the winter, I didn't do much running, and I went there, and I was like, man, cardio-wise, I feel freaking at my top of my game right now. I feel good. Was it last season when you transitioned into a linebacker? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it was – last year was the first full year at linebacker, but then towards the end of the season, um, I want to say maybe two seasons ago now. Yeah, it would be two seasons ago. Towards the end of the year, I was playing like a stand-up linebacker, nickel, and a safety all in one game. Against the Steelers, I played all three positions in the same game. Wow. And then that going into that next year and that spring, my coaches there were like, this was in Cleveland, like, hey, we just want you fully to transition to linebacker. And I was like, all right, it's cool with it. Was it your, like, your first game as linebacker when you sacked Trubisky? That was actually, they called it a Viper package, which was, that was an extra safety. So if like an, when you think a nickel, a nickel runs onto the field, a linebacker comes off. But instead of a nickel running, it was just another safety. Mm-hmm. So they wanted just a bigger body, um, another athlete out there. And that's when I got the sack. Answered the Boom, song. I remember watching it. Yeah, I went crazy. Um, so I, I kind of want to rewind back a little bit here. Um, I want you to kind of touch on your story and, and kind of tell – how you go from becoming, you know, a Big Rapids high school alum to a Western Michigan Bronco to then uh, your kind of journey in the NFL and then to bring you to where you are here. Because I, I always love the fact that you have such a blue collar mindset and maybe some of the people who don't know you um, can benefit from hearing just what hard work it really is. Because we always talk, you know, everyone wants to know the secret or, or what, you know, what's that Mike's secret stuff that you're doing. But in the end, it's just hard work. So just kind of touch on your story and your upbringing. I would say a lot of sacrifice. Um, it kind of started with my dad met my trainer down because my dad was a police officer down in Bloomfield Township. He was just randomly in a gas station and he came across a trainer down there. He's like, hey, you know, he's talking like your son's really good. And, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Why don't you set him down? So I met my trainer, Jim Brown, and I used to train in Oakland Yard, which is down in Waterford, Michigan. It's about three hours away. Um, so then I just started going down there and it would actually be kind of crazy because it would be in the middle of basketball season where we'd play on a Friday night. I'd wake up Saturday morning, drive down three hours to work out Saturday, Sunday, and then drive back Sunday night. And I would do that almost every weekend during basketball season. 
And then progressively, I just started moving down there for like the summer. I just stayed down there the whole summer to get ready for the season. And that really kind of elevated my game. And I would say there's a lot of sacrifice there because I could have just stayed and hung out and did nothing and just hang out with my friends and whatnot. But I made that sacrifice of going down there, even though most mornings I did not want to get up and do it. I just said, screw it. You know, kind of you're kind of competing against yourself. And I mean, your biggest enemy is yourself. The person you look in the mirror, so I always uh, just kind of think of that. You're really gonna be that lazy. You're not gonna do it. You don't want to get better. So that right. kind of stuff motivates me. And and um, but then like moving down there for the summer too, I could have been up here in Big Rapids, which right. I would love to be. But I wanted to get better. I thought I needed to to, to elevate my game, um, and it did. So I think that kind of got me on the map with, um, I guess scouts, coaches, whatever you want, because. When I would go down there, I'd go to the combines, and then they would see what the work I was putting in, and to these one-day camps. Right. And um, so I would say a lot of sacrifice, and there's not just going to be this magical pill you're going to take. It's going to take hard work. A lot mm-hmm. of people just, I feel like now see this end picture of what they want, but they're not willing to put the work in to get there. They think it's just going to happen. Right. Right. And I I like that because you see it with with Josie when she was in here. She literally said the same thing that she's been doing fall ball summer ball she's just you know taking hits anytime she can and then now to hear you say it too there's a kind of a a reoccurring theme on our show here is that the people who end up being successful are sacrificing and they're putting in the hard work so yeah that's i know that's something that you and i like personally have talked a lot about uh because even coaching and everything you you do see a lot of kids nowadays who they want where you're at right now yeah um, but they don't always want to put that work in and it's just it's a personal choice that you make you know uh, how serious do you want to be about it you made a choice a long time ago that you were just going to be serious about it um and because of that you love training that helps for sure Uh, if you didn't because I mean, I I attribute getting into the weight room as soon as I could to any success I ever had on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Um, that that set me apart from anyone else just in the work ethic. Um, so I, I know that I mean, football's everyone always thinks baseballs. You don't have to really lift weights or anything to play baseball. That's only true if you're a pitcher. But um, I mean, you got to be strong to play the game, especially yeah. at, at any in any game. As you get higher and higher, it speeds up, right? I remember you talking about how the difference between when the, the ball is snapped and the play is over when you're at Western versus in the pros and how it's just like it's snapped, it's over mm-hmm. in the pros. I mean, it is so fast yeah. in the pros. So being able to make that adjustment, you're not going to be able – you might be able to mentally do it, but you're not going to be able to physically do it unless you put the work in. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freaks out there, especially in the NFL. So um, I'm a pretty big realist too, so I – in my mind, what I have to do to keep up with some of these freaks that I just have some crazy God-given talent is putting the work in mm-hmm, to yeah. be able to match what they're doing out there, And honestly. Yeah, and, I, and, and another thing, too, that I, I like about you is that you never looked forward. So you're, if you were a senior in high school, you never thought, oh, I'm doing this just to get a college scholarship, or maybe that was in the back of your head, but you also thought every play, every down, you know, every game, Mm -hmm. you were locked into that, which is something I think people misconstrued nowadays is they're always looking to get the next best thing or or they're trying to get the college scholarship or they're trying to score 30 points a game or whatever it may be instead of realizing that if you just do your job and you just apply hard work and success into whatever you do, 
you're going to be successful. So, I mean, that's what they're seeing on uh, social media. Yeah. You know, they're seeing yeah. on TV is all of these end results and they don't see the, the grind and the, I mean, the heartbreak. I mean, yeah. I could talk a lot about heartbreak when it comes to playing ball. They yeah. think it's all, you know, rainbows and sunshines when mm-hmm. it's not. Well, you, you learn the most, you learn the most from your failures. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just won, all, no one wins all the time. Even the most successful athlete, like you take, I mean, we're in Michigan, right? So you take Tom Brady, probably one of the most successful athletes of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, the, for real. How many times does that guy fail, though, in his career? You know, how many right, times right. in a big spot has he not made the play or something like that earlier in his career so that now he succeeds? You know, yeah. it, you, you can't be afraid of failure. You, you got to learn and, and live from it. I think a lot of people in what you're talking about, too, have only seen that they should be, I'll use, I'll stick in my realm and say everyone wants, thinks that they are and wants to be Bryce Harper, but they don't want to put in the work. Granted, that guy right. is a freak, one of the freaks you're talking about, but the work that he put into it. Yeah. So then when the reality hits them in the face that they're not Bryce Harper, they crumble. Yeah. As opposed to learn and grow from that the way it sounds like you have. Yeah, I kind of might go on a little tangent here. But I think a lot of people, um, especially young kids, idolize these people on social media or these superstars and want to be like them instead of crafting their own game mm-hmm. and just being themselves. Mm-hmm. I think yep. they fall into that that hole of I got to be like this person when it's when you should never compare yourself to somebody else because I mean one you could be better than that person and two you have totally different genetic makeup. I mean, yeah. On a scientific level, but it's just you got to be you got to be you. Work on the things that you need to work on. Um, know yourself better than you know. I mean, I guess uh, what is it? The art of war. Um, <laughs> no, I'm pretty <laughs> no, sure but, you had no. no yeah, I, think, we, I get what you're saying. I, I think it's the opposite, actually. Yeah. Um, but just focus on you, and I mean, good things are gonna happen. Yeah, and I mean that's why that's why we're doing this this cardinal country thing is because I think so many people. Uh, forget about these great alumni that have came through and and hopefully someone hears this and they they put down their phone or maybe they delete their you know Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be and say you know what I'm just gonna put this down and I'm gonna go for a run or I'm gonna go work out or because I heard you know the guy who did it tell me how he did it so I would say too is um I mean still have fun what you're doing don't get burnt out um, I had a lot of fun just because I played so many different sports obviously yeah. I ended up playing football and that's where I am now but I think there's a little trend too of just focusing on one sport and that's all you do mm. um, but honestly I can attest for like what the coaches are saying and they love multi-sport athletes uh, recruiting wise like going into college right. I'm saying I mean I played basketball football track and a little bit of baseball throughout high school and um, I did play a little baseball throughout high school so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did the whole tracks, got to get me faster for football type of thing. But, um, you know, they love that because I think it creates so many different um, great attributes to yourself. It keeps you more of a well-rounded player um, just because you get to know your body more. You know what, you know, what kind of cuts you can make, you know, the balance right. levels. And I don't know, I just think it's way more fun. Um, kind of breaks up the monotony of just focusing on one sport right. where you could get mm-hmm. burned out. Yeah. No. And that, that's exactly what Josie said, too. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, because she, I mean, she's recruited to play softball at Ferris, but she was talking about how much she contributes success in softball from being 
learning how to control her body and her balance in basketball and mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. So I, I yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, and and I always I always remember Tony Gwynn, right? Arguably the best contact hitter ever to play the game. He attributed that back control to playing basketball yeah. as a little kid endlessly. Mm-hmm playing the the wrist strength hand strength everything from playing basketball now i like we were talking about with me i fully believe that if i had tried to play multiple sports i don't know if i would have played college baseball really yeah because i had to do it all the time to get better but i love doing it i never to this day i wish i could still play i never got burned out on it so there's a lot to be said but it's also up to you know the individual well i I think it depends on the sport too um i feel like baseball kind of like a year-round sport where you can continually do something as in football it's fall time you know yeah it's a very segmented part of the year so it's like you play football in the fall and then you wait till summer comes around for two days Mm -hmm. you know what are you gonna do in between there you know, right. Football is pretty hard on your body too, though. Yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, I've, I could definitely talk a lot about that <laughs> since I've been in the NFL. All right, let's yeah. hear some injuries. Let's um, go. No, actually, I want to hear about your, your pinky. That's my favorite, or whatever. Oh yeah, my ring finger on my right hand's pretty jacked up. That actually happened in college. Yeah, I was playing Eastern Michigan tackle. Dude, my finger got caught in his jersey and snapped completely over my Jeez. pinky, and I just ran off and uh, I was like, "Hey, I think there's something wrong with my finger." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my trainer just grabbed it, pulled it back into place, but it's there's oh, a bone man. still sticking out and don't bend all the way. But is it true that whenever you dislocate someone, it doesn't hurt when it's dislocated, and then they put it back and it hurts? Yeah, it was. It didn't hurt at all. I walked up to the guy, you know, our trainer at the time, pretty calmly, and being like, "Yo, my finger's messed up," and he pulled it, and it didn't feel anything. And then later in the game, I went back out there, and it, like my whole right arm felt like it was yeah. like just pain shooting up. Like I didn't even yeah. want to tackle with my right shoulder, which kind of it sucks for me because I tackle a lot with my right shoulder most yeah. than anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that that's that's true. That's really Is true. that the kind of gnarliest injury you've ever had? No. Uh, maybe it looks like it, but um, my rookie year with the Giants, so I broke my, my leg, my fibula, so I – snap that and then my ankle popped out so that one Ugh. that one to this day is probably my worst Ugh. injury because they had a yikes basically i was in the hospital two days with my ankle still dislocated they had a drill i think it's a deltoid ligament it's one of the biggest ligaments in your ankle drill that back into my bone because i put completely ripped off yeah and then obviously i had the broken fibula which they had to put a plate in there and then they had to run a screw through my ankle and then a thing called a tie rope which is another like drill through but it's a wire that's keeps it you know nice and tight and whatever so that one that one hurt pretty bad <laughs> i would yeah, say that was the most doesn't sound ever. comfortable i think if sure. there if there's any, if there's ever like a mom listening to this who is on the fence about having her kid play football <laughs> she, she just decided he's playing soccer yeah 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 but then so i mean with all these injuries because like i had another high ankle sprain on my left leg which i thought i did the same thing what i did on my right leg broke my ankle and all that it hurt that like just it bad. felt the same because it crunched up my whole leg and that that one I remember watching that on TV too. It was weird. Was yeah, pissed. that one was with the Browns. First one was with the Giants because you were playing real well that game. I yeah, no, I was having a really good spring and or sorry preseason. But yeah, it just felt I felt a crunch up go up on my leg. But that was like the I want to say the syndesmosis, which is like what they call it. it what basically tears on a high ankle sprain mm-hmm. is it the basically what keeps your fibula fibula and tibia kind of like. I want to say whatever moving together or whatever conjoined yeah and that basically rips up so that's what a high ankle sprain is 
I think that's what it's called. I'm not. Don't quote me on it. No, we got you. Biology major. Well, it'll never happen again, right? So (laughs) who cares? (laughs) So that happened, and then recently, when I was with the Browns last year, I tore my PCL on my left knee, making a tackle, just playing football, basically. Yeah. Rehab from that, but then I ended up getting it cleaned out after the season when I signed with Seattle because it was starting to swell up with fluid and the meniscus was kind of flaring off. So, got a little bit of cartilage damage on my fibula, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff that happens when you're playing, I mean, any sport. You could be in a car accident. That's what they said with this PCL was, like, honestly, we don't see it much in football. We see it more in car accidents. That's crazy. Because your knee will get shoved into the dashboard. Yeah. yeah. Just that movement. So, it's, you know, it could happen in any day of life. But with all this being said, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. There's so oh, many yeah. priceless memories of right. You know, even though that happened along the way, the people I get to meet, I mean, it's priceless. So we'll wrap it up here in a sec, but what are you looking forward to most about getting back with the Seahawks? You know, just getting in the groove of things, um, kind of having this month off, it's it's kind of bittersweet in the sense of you get to be home, you get to create your own time schedule, you get to be around people that you love, and and then going back, you know, you're like, oh, I got to go back to work. You know, yeah. and it's it's an all day thing. So that first week's kind of little, like, oh man, this is here we go. And then, but once you get in that groove of things, that's that's really good. And then you start playing good, and then you know, then only good things can happen after that. So it's mm-hmm. just getting back, getting back in the groove, having fun. Um, I mean, Seattle itself is beautiful. The city, the organization is probably one of the top in in the NFL. It's it's a really fun place to be in. You know, they create a good atmosphere, and it's, it's just fun to be a part of. Um, and then just playing ball and, you know, doing what I've been doing for the last, what, I want to say 17, 18 years of my life. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. playing football, so it's kind of yeah. like, you know, just getting back into it. It'll be cool. So, uh, last question, unless Jake's got anything else. Oh, good, yeah. Wh- what's your favorite play uh, from back in high school? Favorite play from back in high school? I don't. I don't know. I think I had a few because every time I'd score a touchdown, my buddy Jake Doherty would lift me up. In That's the right, end. baby. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Homecoming, baby. Yeah. Would you throw him up? Oh like yeah, baby? pick him right up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a ballerina, baby. It's the most secure I ever felt in my life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All righty, Justin. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, Jake's ready alright hey that concludes episode 2 of Cardinal Country I just want to give another special thanks to our sponsors Johnson's Automotive Michigan Primary Care Partners AltaCare Big Rapids Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids and Big Rapids Public Schools Justin thanks again thank you (laughs) thank you